Hello and welcome to All Villa No Thriller, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. It's our first show during the World Cup, of course, we'll talk about that. But first, Villa are the Challenge Cup champions. The trophy every club wanted comes to Villa Park. Challenge Cup champions, you'll never sing that. Will there be an open top bus parade? We can only hope. But before we talk about the Chelsea game, Frankie, how have you been? Uh, yeah, I'm sort of hoping there's an open top bus parade. I've already got more. I've already planned out where I'm going to be in in Birmingham City Centre for that. Uh, I'll be queuing up for 24 hours to see the Challenge Cup champions. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, to be honest, I've been feeling uh, pretty ill the last week. Uh, oh, I think no. a lot of people have not been too too well. Um, just a really ne- not not COVID, just a very nasty cold. Uh, Happened to me after a play for Aston Villa London Lions against Juventus. We won 2-1, by the way, representing the team, repeating our Peace Cup Challenge final victory of many years ago. Uh, and uh, then just the day after, just got very ill. So it's been seven days of pretty much been like uh, Charlie Bucket's grandparents and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory just lying in bed, um, watching a lot of Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, I had it like... I just was like, I need to watch films that I don't need to think about, just something, yeah. just something stupid. And I sort of had forgotten that like Nicolas Cage was like in the 90s, just this incredibly ordinary looking man who was just for some reason the biggest action star in the world. Uh, don't quite know why, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think Nicolas Cage is the king of um, of films where you don't really need to pay too much attention uh, yeah. to sort of watch him in. Um, I mean, Face Off for me, it's, it's, yes. it's what a it. film. <laughs> it was that John Travolta trying to be all this like almost pantomime villain in it, which he just doesn't quite suit. It's... Put the bunny in the basket. Is that the one of the? He's on the oh, that's, that's Con Conner. Oh, is that Conner? <laughs> Put the bunny back in the box with Cyrus the virus. That's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they all just ble- they all just they all just bleed into one. Uh, yeah, exactly. Nineties action films. They're just absurd because like it feels like in the nineties after Terminator Two was such an amazing success. Every single action film then had to do a, a huge budget practical stunt. Yeah, that you know would like block off the entirety of San Francisco for like a day. So everyone who lived in San Francisco in the nineties must have just had every other week a letter saying, "If you hear a big explosion, <laughs> or if you Don't see about some it. tram rolling down a hill, it's part of a film. Don't worry." <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, living in terror of that, I think in the nineties, most people Nicholas Cage just riding down your your driveway, blowing stuff Was- up. So, so obviously you had the Nick Cage films to help you out. Did, yeah. Was the uh, was the the Villa Challenge Cup win the, the perfect tonic for you as well, Frankos? Oh, it was because I was still very much a layabout in bed yesterday. Uh, <laughs> so I got through my Nicolas Cage movie of the day, uh, which was uh, Con Air this time. And uh, it's almost like it's almost like an advent calendar of Nick Cage films. <laughs> yeah. Every day a different film in the build up to Christmas. Yeah, The Rock is another good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think. Um, yeah, got to the Challenge Cup. Uh, you know, good to make that donation to the to the Aston and Nietzsche's Food Bank to watch it on Villa TV. And uh, yeah, uh, it it was good to see Villa again, wasn't it? Considering you know, it's it sort of feels like it's been quite a long time already, mm. um, even though it's only a few weeks. Uh, but uh, did you watch it as well, George? I did, I did, I did, and um, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. I mean, granted, there'll be probably Chelsea fans who they might listen to this podcast. Who knows? Who will be thinking? Well, it was a, uh, it was Villa's first team up against our kids, and yeah. you know, to some extent, that is, that is true. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say you know Chelsea don't have some very talented youngsters, and there were some senior players 
there as well. I think Jorginho was playing, wasn't he, for them? So they did yeah. have some, some senior play, players. Aubameyang, yeah, exactly. Um, Brohard was obviously there until this very unfortunate injury. Yeah, um, so they did have some talented players on the pitch. But um, but yeah, I mean, we we had a chance to, to sort of blood some more of our youngsters. Um, Arjun Reiki, obviously, in the first half, played really, really well. It was really good to see him again in a, in a Villa shirt after spending some time uh, on loan this season. Um, and he played he played very well. Um, so certainly something for Emery to think about. Obviously hit the post towards the end of the, mm, the first half, but his, his gen- general play was, was, was really good, really promising. So we'll see whether he might feature in a Villa shirt again uh, this season. And just generally our, our play in the game was was brilliant. Really, really good. Lots of good sort of uh, movements off the ball with the ball, great passing, passing uh, uh, passages of play, and and the goal itself, I thought was was brilliant, really, really, really good. Well Lots yeah. of great, you know, again, great movement and lovely little flick from Watkins to McGinn, who um, who finished it off. So uh, so yeah, really, really promising as we look again to the start of the, the restart of the the Premier League season. Yeah, you, you can't read too much into friendly wins, of course. You know, and as you say, like Chelsea had a pretty scratch team. I like the Hutchinson who played for Chelsea. He looked a bit mm. of a player, didn't he? Um, but I thought, um, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Obviously, this fluid four four two is clearly what um, Unai Emery is going for, and you could kind of see that it, it's compact, and they're all following each other across the pitch. I think I noticed. So there were a couple of occasions where um, Ashley Young would be at right back, for instance, and it'd be almost you know, in the centre of the pitch with the other three defenders further to the to the left near the touchline. And then the Chelsea players would, you know, have loads of space out on, on the wings. But ultimately, it's a challenge for the Chelsea play, players to get the ball out to the wings when the Villa mm. team are so compact around them. I guess what would be interesting going forward would be at some point, maybe a team will work at that out uh, and be able to get a ball, you know, across Villa's... Uh, for across the pitch quite quickly uh, as Newcastle kind of did to us earlier this season. Um, and I think that could be a way you hurt Villa as the season goes on. Um, but I, I, I was, um, yeah, I mean, as I say, you can't read too much in, but I thought, you know, the display of um, Kamara and Louise together, they look like a nice partnership. There's something yeah. there. Um, John McGinn, I thought looked uh, good form. Uh, he played well, scored the goal. Um, you can really see, you know, particularly when he plays against those younger players at Chelsea, you can see what a senior Premier League player he is. Mm. Um, and then also, I thought, very noticeable Villa really committing to playing it out from the back. Obviously, we can't quite get a feel for how good we'll be at it without Emmy Martinez there, mm. who we'll talk about in the next section with the World Cup. But uh, obviously, it's Robin Olsen, who's, you know, he's a bit, a bit not been great so far at Villa. Um, but we're really committed to it. I thought there were occasions where, particularly in the first half, we did struggle to play it out from the back. And that's something that, to be honest, we're just going to have to improve at and keep going with. And, um, you know, uh, over time, hopefully, we'll we'll just keep improving at it uh, and maybe sign a couple of players who might be even more suited to it. Mm. Um, but there's certainly, um, you know, I think it's it's quite likely that at some point in the next few games for Villa, we probably will make a mistake that's from playing it out at the back. But look, it's the way football is now. And uh, it's, I, I'm really glad that's the way football is because it's what I've always wanted football to be like, people passing it around rather than just belting it forward and screaming at you. So, so yeah, I, um, yeah I, I, I'm quite 
Please, we're going to commit to that. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, the young players, um, Arjun Reiki, the first half. I've always really liked Arjun Reiki. I think I've always liked the, the sort of, he's always looked to me like quite an intelligent centre midfielder. Similar possible profile to someone like a Michael Carrick, which is a very high compliment because Carrick was an absolutely fantastic um, ball playing midfielder. Um, he does have a presence. And at the end of the first half, you really saw what he potentially could be when he made the tackle, a really good tackle to take the ball back off Chelsea and almost finished the move with a great uh, shot of goal that just hit the post. Very unlucky not to score. Yeah. A couple of occasions, obviously, he maybe was held onto the ball a bit longer than you'd like. But at his age, 18, you know, that's something that he can only learn by taking part in these kind of games and making those mistakes and just basically always improving. And hopefully he can get more and more time with the first team um, and more and more time playing with the um, senior professionals rather than in the younger age groups and uh, keep learning more. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see him just continue to improve and play to a really advanced level in football. Because um, I don't know, I, ju I just like players like Reiki. He's a very, just seems like a smart cookie. And then uh, Caden Young, you know, 16, 17, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Erdington's own, another Erdington product. The Midlands, the hotbed of young football talent, which is long Absolutely, overdue. Yeah. Um, look, Caden Young, again, there were a couple of occasions. He looked absolutely excellent for his age and, you know, taking the ball on um, for a chance that I think Leon Bailey had. McGinn put Bailey in, but that largely came about from Caden Young just having a real penetrative run, you know, into the centre of the pitch and uh, taking Chelsea players on. A couple of times he held onto the ball a bit long and Cucurella took it off him. But at the end, you know, you saw him go at Cucurella, knock him off the ball physically. 17-year-old yeah, yeah, doing impressive. that to a £60 million uh, Chelsea fullback is really, really impressive. Um, so again, that's something that at his age, he can take that then and say, look, you know, okay, I can learn from some of the mistakes made in the game. But he did what he did against Cucurella and be like, you know, that's what I can do to players like that. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's a big confidence boost for him to know that he, you know, that battle between him and Cucurella was going on pretty much all game, wasn't it? And yeah, okay, a couple yeah. of times Cucurella got the best of him, showed his experience and his nows. But yeah, I mean, you know, he's obviously very youthful and um, uh, showed his kind of exuberance as well. And 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 yeah, used his used his sort of pace and his power to 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 get past him a couple of times as well. Mm. So it was a really in interesting battle, and he can take a lot apart from that. Absolutely, um, yeah. So I think so I think that's the thing. Like obviously, we all love youth players coming through, and I do think that, to be honest, Aston Villa does have a freakishly good youth team relative to what it's been in the last 20, 30 years, really. Um, and I think a lot of these players are going to play to an advanced level in football. Most of them won't, but a lot of them will. And I think that all you can say is, you know, Arjun Reiki and Caddy Young, they obviously have a long way to go. Um, but it's really positive to see them involved with the first team. It's really positive to see Unai Emery continuing his tradition of giving youth players a chance and that hopefully some of these guys will get through into the Villa first team in time. And uh, I'm sure uh, they're doing something right to impress Emery to be getting game time like they have out in the, the UAE. And uh, hopefully uh, that that will just continue. Uh, it, it, yeah. was, it was great to see. It'd be interesting as well, it's interesting as well to see perhaps um who Emery favours from the youth setup because Young was someone who was who wasn't really brought through under Gerard particularly. I mean, granted, you know, maybe too young. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe, maybe too young, but um but equally, you know, you know this was a friendly and it was an opportunity for Emery to kind of look at players that he wouldn't necessarily look at when the league season resumes. Mm. Um, but, uh, but you know, Reiki again, okay, granted he was on loan, but he didn't seem to be someone maybe Gerard was was, was looking at perhaps. So maybe yeah. Emery is evaluating yeah. all his options in the youth, um, in the youth uh, sides and, um, and bringing a couple of players through just to see what their, 
they're all about. But yeah, they, I don't think they did obviously anything anything wrong. Um, really sort of enhanced their reputations. I I think I think most Villa fans will think they did really well. So yeah, really interesting just to see how they how they move on. And as you say, Reiki for me as well. I think is is someone that is is really exciting one to absolutely keep an eye on. I really hope that that he sort of progresses and develops and turns into the player that we all hope he uh, he turns into. The other thing I wanted to touch on as well. Obviously, we're entering the you know you know January the the, the resumption of the season oh, and, yeah. and the transfer window too. Um, we've been linked to another very exciting player, Frankie. I think you're going to know who I'm going to say, um, mm-hmm. Jao Felix, which would be a I mean extraordinary signing um, again for Villa if we did manage to pull it off. I don't know how much of it is you know, agent talk, touting the player around to a few clubs, just just sort of bumping up interest, which obviously does happen. Um, what's your views on on that one? I, I personally think, you know, I think Ornstein, David Ornstein in The Athletic said, uh, he wrote something up today that um, there is obviously, there is a link. Uh, yes, you know, he's a high quality player. Uh, I think perhaps at Atletico Madrid, they play quite a conservative style that maybe doesn't really suit him to the level that he probably could be, mm-hmm. a couple, couple of games for Portugal this tournament, the win the World Cup. Uh, I think he's looked really good. Um, obviously, uh, if, if I'm if I'm honest, I don't I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, I think he probably will want to go to a Champions League team, and you know I've seen links to Arsenal. I think that would probably be a really well suited match for him right now, where they mm-hmm. are, and uh, the style of player he is. I think he'd suit Villa well. Obviously, I think he'd be a really exciting signing if it came off um but I, I i'd be probably quite wary of getting too excited about that one i think of of, of it happening um mm. but it does it does suggest you know of the uh you know villa's ambitions yeah um and the players we could potentially be linked to under unai emery if we continue to improve um but yeah I, if i was to guess i'd say it won't happen but i do i do think there'll be um There'll definitely be some movement in January, I think. Um, Emery, I probably want to have a few players in. I, I'm kind of fascinated to know where he looks in the squad and thinks it needs to improve. Maybe a striker who holds the ball up a bit better than what we currently have mm. might be one. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, what about you? Do you are you are you get you already buying your Jao Felix shirt? You're, you're already getting the tattoo. <laughs> Well, this right is it. On, you, on the bicep, there, your big you, bicep, George. You want to get you want to get your Jao Felix shirts in early before they sell out the Villa Club shop when it happens in on the first oh, of yeah. January. So, um, yeah, I know I got in early. Of course, I did. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I I feel yeah, I, I feel the same as you. I mean, obviously, in recent months we have pulled off some quite extraordinary signings. Obviously, the Coutinho one stands out. Um, but uh, you know, Coutinho is someone who's sort of. Um, Star was on the wane slightly. I mean, more than slightly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and Felix is still, you know, okay. He hasn't had the best of times at uh, Atletico, but he's still a, a very young player, very exciting, and um, and can absolutely do a job at a at a at a very high level club. Again, not saying Villa aren't, but where we are in the league, it would be a, a serious a job for for us to convince him to join us at this stage in his career. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, Arsenal have been linked to a number of players. It does seem to be the more likely club for him to join, particularly after the Jesus's injury. But they've yeah. been linked with, um, you know, Mudrick, the really, really exciting uh, winger um, in uh, Shakhtar. So if they, if they, if they went for him, then maybe Felix would be someone that they would 
um, they would, wouldn't then want to sign themselves. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But I absolutely agree with you that there will be some movement in um, in January. I, I think we're desperate for some wingers, aren't we, really? After Gerard shipped all our wingers off. Considering considering Emery plays his 4-4-2, of which wingers are quite an important part, um, yeah. we probably need to get some wingers back in. Uh, so, um, yeah, I definitely see that happening. I, I think we've been linked with... Um, is it uh, uh, Cunha, um, the Brazilian from Atletico as well? I mm-hmm. also noticed that he was liking a couple of Douglas Luiz's Instagram posts. Oh, was he? Read into that. Well, uh, well so much. That's that's uh, that's what we do. We we it's like to dusted, postul- isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, like to postulate off Instagram likes. Absolutely. Like, so when before Grealish left, and I kept looking at what he was liking, I was like, oh, he's. <laughs> He's like the tweet by Kevin De Bruyne. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but he's, he's like to tweet from a hotel in Sully Hull. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, hello. Then he'll maybe he's yeah, he's he's found found somewhere to stay for a few nights. <laughs> yeah, I know it's um it's just all nonsense at the end of the day. But we'll see. We will see. But it is very uh very exciting. And I'm really looking forward to that, you know, that first game back against Liverpool um on Boxing Day. Oh, I can't wait. All Villa, No Filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. So, Frankie, as of Monday, there is still Aston Villa involvement in the World Cup. Emi Martinez has helped Argentina to the semi-finals of the competition. Can he win the whole thing? I hope so. I hope so. I have to be honest, I'm now fully team Argentina mm. uh, for the World Cup. Uh I just really want to see Lionel Messi win the World Cup and I really want to see Emi Martinez win it. And it's amazing to see this bromance between Lionel Messi and an Aston Villa player. Uh, it, it, they're like the two like talisman of that of the Argentina team, I would say. Maybe a case for a few other players, but I think Messi and Martinez are probably the two you know, the players they desperately need uh, two difference makers, a big goalkeeper with a big presence mm. um, who gets them through tough penalty shootout competitions and is a solid keeper. And then Lionel Messi is just, for me, the greatest player I've ever seen in my life. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm at a point now where I think Emmy Martinez could talk Lionel Messi into an ambitious move to Aston Villa. <laughs> I think I'd him fancy and, that him, over Jal him and Jal Felix. <laughs> <laughs> just turning for Villa. With Arjun Reiki just behind. Everyone in Argentina, like, who are Aston Villa? Who are who are this team? Um, they've never forgotten who took the River Plate fans have never forgotten who took Juan Pablo Angel away from Absolutely, them. Absolutely, of course. Um, so so yeah, it's uh it's just funny, yeah. It's just funny to see like Martinez is such a prominent character at this World Cup and being and such a brilliant player, and he plays for Aston Villa. It's uh it's fantastic, and he's to be honest, my favorite player at the moment. I just just love the man. Like he's a kind of he's like a wrestling villain. You can't help but cheer. Um, yeah, he that's... was very he was very fiery in his post match interview, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. I, it was it was it was astonishing. I was like, hey, Argentina, you reached the semi finals of the World Cup. Mm. You know, you, you're in a great position. You could face Morocco next. Not actually, did they do Croatia? But you know, you, you you're almost there. You can taste yeah. it. But it was like, nah, I'm just going to slag off Van Hal. <laughs> <laughs> rip my top off and have a go at him in the most like <laughs> alpha manner possible uh it was just uh i don't know I, I, it's because he just makes enemies of every team and plays against aston villa he's mm-hmm. now making mortal foes of every country that ever plays 
Argentina. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just, I just love him. Um, and it would have been quite, it would have been quite hilarious if England had played Argentina in the World Cup final, because then I'd be like, oh no, I, what, what yeah. I, t- I can't, I can't not, I can't boo Emmy Martinez. I can't do it. Um, because you remember, like Diego Maradona, Argentina played Italy in uh, Napoli yes, uh, in yes, the World Cup right. semi-final in yeah, the nineties, yeah, yeah. and he sort of got the Napoli fans to not really cheer the team as much. Yeah. Like they couldn't boo Maradona. Yeah. Maybe I'd be like that. I'd be like one of them Napoli fans. I can't, I can't boo Emmanuel <laughs> He's just punched Harry Kane. He's just knocked him out. I, I can't. He's got, he's got Gareth Southgate in a bloody headlock. He's run, <laughs> he's run over the team with the team bus. He's taking hostage. I'd be like, sorry, sorry. He had his reasons. He had his reasons. So. I, I, I hate to go all uh, James Richardson on football Italia at football Italia reading the Gazetta della Sport, but I was um, <laughs> I was I was uh, reading some Argentinian publications. Oh yeah, um, about uh, about Argentina's performance, particularly like their their thoughts of Martinez, because I'm quite I'm quite interested to know what Ar- Argentinians yeah. think of him, because he has kind of really from their perspective come out of nowhere uh, and from a, from a sort of random club in England and establish himself as one of the key men in, in the side. Um, they love him. I mean, they, they really, they really do. I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's crazy how passionate they, 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 they write about him. Debu as he's known. Debu, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Cause I think Debu is a, a character very similar to how, um, how Aguero was called Kun Aguero for, uh, for spells in his career, wasn't he? Um, mm. It shows that kind of like that love and, uh, you know, they they probably see him as a bit of a cult figure as well, as as we do in many ways at Villa. Yeah. But um, but yeah, he. I mean, he. I mean, just in terms of his performances, he's been he's been so good for Argentina, and and that's always been a criticism leveled at Argentina that their defense has been poor. They've had just wonderful players up front, but in defense, they just they they really struggle. But but with him, he's come in and he's just he sort of. He just command. I mean, he could be captain of Argentina easily. You know, oh yeah, captain commands of the back. as well. Could be. He obviously, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. he he's such a authoritative figure. He he does remind me of a like a Peter Schmeichel type figure, as in he's eccentric. Yeah. He's a bit mental. He's wild. <laughs> he's erratic, but he's just a brilliant shot stopper. Yeah, just just the the man you want in a penalty shootout because he can just. He's just ice cold, isn't he? And he, mm. he plays these mind games and he unsettles the opposition. And, um, you know, if, if you're playing against him, you hate him. But if he plays for you, you love him. And that, that's kind of the situation, I think, at Villa that we're, we're just we're just so blessed to have him. But if he didn't play for us, we'd hate his guts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, but he's he's uh, he's played brilliantly and deserves to be where he is. And and as much as I would love the fairy tale story of Morocco to continue, mm. um you know, and, and and that would be an amazing story for them to to keep progressing. Uh, yeah, my, my, there is a part of me that thinks, well, if they don't do it, then absolutely, you know, Martinez and and Messi inspired Argentina uh, would be amazing to to lift the World Cup. Yeah. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about was obviously Matty Cash's involvement. Yes, with Poland earlier in the earlier in the competition. Is it just me, or does it feel like he's like won a competition? <laughs> like if you think about it he's 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 been given a messy shirt from martinez yeah he's had a picture with ronaldinho on some beach in abu dhabi <laughs> he's um you know he's starred in some polish christmas advert he's got he's got, he's, yeah, he's got a shirt the next thing we know we'll be doing a duet with shakira <laughs> yeah. 
Like he's, he's, he's well, she's, she's she's divorced Gerard Piquet now, isn't she? Well, so, yeah. Exactly. So who uh, knows? But but he, it's like he's had the most incredible <laughs> tournament just on a personal level. He's got Mbappe shirt, Messi shirt, yeah. photo with Ronaldinho. He's got that incredibly infectious grin as well that makes it all seem so much like. He cannot believe this is what his life is right now. It's uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, absolutely. yeah. And I thought I thought he was decent enough for Poland as well. He had yeah, a... he, he played really well. I thought you know, I watched Mbappe as you know as well as anybody could, I suppose. Yeah, when I watched him um, running against Mbappe and winning the ball off him, honestly, I cheered it like Villa just scored a goal. <laughs> yeah. I was it was like a I was like a proud dad just screaming on for my for my son from the sideline or something. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, but obviously, you know, you're you know Zielinski. Uh, yeah. Being your surname, you obviously have uh, Polish heritage. So, uh, absolutely, you know, were, yeah. you, were, you, were you pleased with him? Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, uh, you know, I, I mean, I would say, um, performance-wise, Poland were a very sort of tough watch. I think that's probably quite fair to say. Mm. Um, beyond Lewandowski that, and, and Zielinski, actually, he's had a good season for Napoli. Um, they, they do really lack quality, but I suppose it's one of those things that. You know, they they sort of played five at the back, and and they just relied very much on Chesney, who's a very good goalkeeper, obviously at Juve, um, to try and keep the keep the goals out, and and relying on set pieces and penalties to um mm. to kind of see them through. And um and to be fair, you know, uh, I think since two thousand and I think they hadn't reached the round of sixteen since nineteen eighty six or something, and they and they've been at a number of World Cups since then. They were just perennially underachieving at world cups you know Mm. they they just really struggled to get out of the group so for them to get out of the group in in a in a remarkable way really on i think it was on goal scored or goal difference in the end i I think there was there was a period in in that game between argentina when mexico were playing saudi when it was almost going on yellow cards wasn't it (laughs) It (laughs) insane so so poland really kind of squeaked through and then obviously against france you know, arguably the best team in the competition. Um, you know, they can only sort of hold out for so long, and mm. um, and then you know, France just turned the screw, went into third gear, and and that was it, really. But yeah, I mean, you know, it was great to see Cash playing. Obviously, it's he's gonna he was always going to struggle to get into England's team with the strength and depth that right back for England, but um, it, it's a no brainer. You know, you play at a World Cup for Poland, you play with great players like Lewandowski, you play mm. against great players like Mbappe. What an experience for him! Oh yeah, um, and um, and yeah, you know, Poland are a side that seem to always qualify for these tournaments. So uh, no doubt he'll be at he'll be at more more um, uh, more tournaments like the World Cup and the and the Euros. So um, yeah, it was really really good decision for him to get that Polish citizenship and put on the um, the famous white shirt, Frankie. Yeah, yeah, it could have been you, George. Um, yeah. Could have been you, but. Uh... Yeah, the two it would have been the, the second double Zelensky pivot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, can't obviously, you know, England. Uh, we're we're a global podcast. We have listeners all over the world. So I, look, I'll say, I think the team that I thought over, well, did the absolute best with what they had was Australia. I thought they were absolutely what, not, fantastic. Not, not, not Morocco. Well, yes, Morocco. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, they've probably uh, got a good shot. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think maybe you've, you've stumped me there, actually. Maybe <laughs> it was Morocco. But uh, but look, I, I, I do want to mention Australia. We have a lot of Australian listeners. Yeah, yeah. Although they were fantastic. Two great wins and very unlucky not to equalise against Argentina in the last minute. But got to mention England. Um, you know, George, Southgate in, Southgate out. Where you sit on that? Your former Villa centre-half, Gareth Southgate, of course. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I mean, I'm I I, th- I think stick with him. I mean, for a couple of reasons. I mean, who would replace him? I mean, if you look at the bookies' odds, it's like Villa. It's like Tuchel and Pochettino. But are they really gonna take? an international job like England. I just don't, mm. I just don't see that happening. And then if you're looking further down the list, it's Gerard, Gerard um, Rooney. Um, no, thanks. I mean, you know, I, I think Southgate has done really well to cultivate um, the, the, the squad and his image really. Mm. Um, I know not everyone likes Gareth Southgate as a manager, but I think as a man, he's, he's a really decent bloke. And I think that's reflected in the squad. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really good, um, They've got, they've got a great attitude to the players now. It's a really, really likable England squad, which I haven't mm-hmm. said for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were never favourites going into the France game, but we, it was a coin toss. You know, there are other games that we'd play really, really big, you know, great sides and really get hammered. Okay, maybe not if you look at the scoreline, but in terms of, you know, possession stats and chances and all the rest of it, we were, you know, we'd be miles off it. Whereas, whereas... Um, we went to toe-to-toe, you know, toe-to-toe with France and bar a Kane um, penalty miss, we would have taken them to extra time and penalties and then who knows. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I really think stick with him. Um, I think his stock has actually, we had a difficult, obviously, time in the Nations League, but I think his stock has, has improved, uh, really. I think, I think if you ask most people, I would argue they, they would probably err with keeping him on. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you feel about the situation. Yeah, I think I think uh, I thought England were extraordinarily unlucky against France. Really, um, could have gone either way. Um, was it a foul on Saka? I think it probably was before yeah, the first French goal. Um, I, I think England just kind of. I think Griezmann just maybe just made the difference, or in the end, really. Um, and that, that that was it. It's just it's just one of them games that on another day could have been two one to England. It was just very unfortunate against the team ultimately that. Uh, has the best squad in the tournament. I think yeah. France, I, th- I just think they do. Um, the strength that they have in depth is just unbelievable. You know, they're a t- top team. We could win the Champions League, let alone the World Cup, you know. And, um, so, so yeah. They're, they're a bit They're a bit like um, They're a bit like Man City insofar as like their second team yes. would probably have a decent shot of winning uh, winning the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, Boubacar Kamara is not even in the squad, you know. And yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, and I'd write him extremely highly. So, so yeah, uh, interesting. I, but I think um, uh, with Southgate, um, I think it's, it's you know, has he got it right tactically all the time with England? Probably not. I think he struggles he with substitutions. I, I yeah. think that's that's always been something levelled at him that he, ne- uh, he 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 never really makes changes when everyone feels he probably should. Yeah, I think he, I think the Italy final is probably something that he probably thinks about himself as something he maybe could have done differently. Uh, England sitting back a bit too long. Um, but I think in this game, you know, he, England weren't allowed to sit back. They had to go for it because France took the lead. Um, I don't know what more he could have really done to change things in that semi. Some people might suggest bringing on other players at different times. And, you know, if Saka wasn't injured, then I think that was a weird substitution because Saka was causing so many problems for Hernandez for France. But ultimately, you know, it's worth remembering with Southgate, um, you know, in the look, I mean, I, I've not grown up like being passionate about watching England play football. I just haven't. I don't, mm. to be honest, large parts I just don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my one of my earliest memories of watching England, 
you know, bearing in mind I support both England and Ireland, is watching England fans tear up Lansdowne Road in in the nineties um, when they went one nil down, and the game got abandoned, and you know, various rioting over the years and players who didn't seem particularly likable and um, uh, a tabloid media that sometimes creates a culture that seems quite arrogant, um, mm. you know. And so, you know, in, in the background of all that, it was always quite, I, I find it quite difficult to sort of get really into England in you know, in the way that I do with Villa. But Southgate's come in and, you know, created a culture that is so likable. A group of players that are just really... Um, in themselves very likable look like they're enjoying it look like they want to be there that it's not all just for some kind of image thing which is what it felt like in you know in the Sven era for instance um and he's he's done such an amazing job at making people like me who didn't really care that much before be like I'm really into this I'm really invested and I really want to see these players and this manager do really really well Mm. um you know and uh that has probably been his biggest achievement in the sense that he's made England into something that I think collectively everybody likes the players, they like the, the culture, um, and he's got them playing a style of football that at times has been defensive, but there have been times when England have actually been really good to watch. Yeah. Um, compared well, this, to this, like, this, this, yeah, this this tournament generally. Okay, people always say, well, it was only against this team and only yeah. against that team, but but genuinely, like like you know, some massive teams have really struggled in this tournament against against much kind of exactly. like smaller it, nations, you know. Yeah, it's knockout football as well. It's, it's yeah. so hard. It's it a, like Pep Guardiola. You need a, bit, you need a lot of luck. You need Pep, a lot of luck, I think. Pep Guardiola is the best manager in the, uh, of the last forever. And how many times does he fail in the Champions League semi-finals? All, all the time. Uh, it, you know, it just it just happened. Knockout football is just brutal. And, mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, with Deschamps at France and Jürgen Lowe at Germany, it took them years you know, they were knocking on the door for a long time and eventually it came through. And I'm not saying that Southgate is going to be the guy who eventually does that for England. I really don't know if he is. Um, I see links to Tuchel. I'm sorry, but Tommy Tuchel seems, seems to fall out with, with every club he's ever at. Mm, yeah. So I don't really know why he would bring come in and suddenly, you know, the culturally it would, people would feel invested in it. Uh, you know, yeah, he's won the Champions League. Yes, he's a very good manager, but I don't know. I think personally, I think the more natural fit would be someone like a Potter who probably plays quite a tactical style of football or Eddie Howe at Newcastle who's doing very well. Neither of them are going to leave their clubs. So I I think um, I would imagine the FA really want Southgate to stay because there's not really a natural successor around. People will say Pochettino, but I just think he'll go into club football. Yeah. Um, So... um, and and yeah. I and I do, I do think if you, if you want success at international level that you have to try and cultivate a club mentality, hmm. at, 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 you know, at, at, a, at a nation. And I think he's kind of do, he is he is doing that with England. And okay, yeah, there are some weak spots within the within the within the side. Um, and yeah, he can improve, but but yeah, I just I just think you know the going's the going's good at the moment. Like I'm, I'm hmm. I am positive about England. And and okay, we lost to France, but then you know most teams would. I mean, France will probably end up winning the whole thing. So yeah. um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not too concerned, and I do hope Southgate does does stick around. And on that positive note, Frankie, we'll leave that there. So thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Linsky. Frankie, I will catch you later. Catch a bit, George, up the villa up the villa and it is goodbye from me too we will be back again very soon but until then come on super aston villa